Amen. Amen. I greet all of you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Hey, Brother Mervyn, God bless you. Good to see you. Amen. Yeah, he's just around here until Sunday you're here. All right. God bless you. Amen. God bless you. As we turn to our Bibles, Sister Watt is not feeling well. Brother Moyo's son is not feeling well. Let's just remember them in prayer. Shall we pray? Gracious Heavenly Father, this evening we approach your throne of mercy. We appreciate you to be in your presence so that we can sing unto you that your presence like an aroma could refresh our souls. Dear God, every time we hear your weight, we get an assurance and know that we have reached a place of shelter, especially when we can see the bombardment by the world upon the bride. Dear God, we are really happy that we have got the juniper tree, which is the message of the hour. We can come under the juniper tree and just refresh your God. As I committed the reading of the weight to you, may you undertake for us. Those that are not here, not feeling well, we send a prayer their way. May you be gracious and deliver them to your God. As I committed the reading of the weight to you, in Jesus Christ's name, amen. As we turn to our Bibles, Amen. Acts 24, verse 10 until 16. Acts 24, is it found? Is it found, believers? Then Paul... After that, the governor had begun unto him to speak. Answered, for as much as I know that thou hast, hast been of many years a judge unto this nation, I do the more cheerfully answer for myself. Because thou has thou mayest understand that there are that there are yet about twelve days since I went up to Jerusalem for to worship. And they neither found me in the temple disputing with any man. And they neither found me in the temple disputing with any man. Neither raising up the dead. Neither in the synagogues. Nor in the city. Neither can they prove the things whereof they now accuse me. But this I confess unto thee, 
that after the way which they call heresy, so worship I the God of my fathers. Believing all things which are written in the law and in the prophets. And have hope toward God. Which they themselves also allow. That there shall be a resurrection of the dead. Both of the just and unjust. And herein do I exercise myself to have always a conscience void of offense toward God. And towards men. Amen. As you take your seats. I'm not going to be long. Uh, basically, I am not feeling well. It was just a short notice that I could inconvenience any brother, but I'm very much under flu as well. Uh, coming down with flu. Amen. Coming down with flu, but going up by his spirit. Amen. You don't just concentrate on going down. You must as well concentrate on going up. Amen. Now, um, I said you must pray. I got the U.S. visa. Amen. Then we just commit everything to the Lord's the brothers are there waiting. I'm nervous as well. Uh, we'll be, I'll be in Trinidad for some time in April. Then there is another island somewhere. They call it St. Vincent. And I forgot the other name. Amen. But it's next to the island called St. Lucia. We'll have other meetings there as well. So we just commit everything to the Lord. Amen. Amen. So now let me come. I want to speak on the power of conviction. The power of conviction. Amen. Amen. Don't worry, my flu is not coronavirus. It's just, just a normal flu. Amen. Let somebody after church say, you must get a mask to greet the pastor. Amen. Uh, how many believe that divine healing is our hope? Amen. Amen. Uh, I heard the minister of finance saying they are very much well prepared for the uh, coronavirus outbreak. Now, sometimes how you know that a politician is lying is when he opens his mouth. Amen. Amen. But uh, we don't trust in politicians. We don't trust in the health system. We trust in God. Amen. Amen. Two years back, we were paralyzed by a simple polony. 
from Enterprise. And it cost uh, with list. Is it list two? Yeah, you remember, it caused problems. Now they say they are prepared for this one. So if they were paralyzed by a simple polony, we don't know about coronavirus. But in God we trust. Amen. In God we Amen. Amen. Now, I, I want to speak on conviction and the dictionary spoke about or defines conviction as it is something certain. When you have a conviction, you are certain of something. You are dead sure about your conviction cannot be premised on something that you are unsure of. It is always based on something that you are sure about. Are you with me? Now, as I kickstart my message, let me bring a contrast or a difference between a conviction and, and a preference. A lot of people have a preference, the confused preference for conviction. And I will explain what I mean in terms of the difference between the two. A preference as well, it is a strong belief. As much as a conviction, it is a strong belief. But with a preference is a strong belief, but a belief that you will change under the right circumstances. Are you with me? So that means it is a strong belief, but it, is, it can be changed under certain circumstances. That's, that's a preference. And I'm glad they mentioned it. It says circumstances such as peer pressure. So you can hold a particular preference, but as soon as you are subjected to peer pressure, you can be swayed the other way. Now, then it says, if, you be, if your beliefs are such that other people stand with you before you will stand, your, your beliefs are preferences. Did you get that one? If your beliefs depend on whether people will stand with you before you stand with your beliefs, that is no longer conviction, that is a preference. Now, another circumstance, it could be family pressure. Family pressure can change your preference. That is why those that came into the message, whose families never came with them into the message, they know what a family pressure can do. Uh, Until they will tell you that we can do anything for you, but... This thing that you believe, just let it go. If it is a preference, you're going to let go and adopt whatever is being presented on the table because it is not a conviction, it is a preference. Can somebody say amen? Amen. A lawsuit can change a preference. Uh, You know, sometimes if you speak and later they call you aside and say, or what you have spoken, uh, we find it very offensive. Now, we want to drag you before the courts because 
there, there must be consequences for what you have said. And if you issue an apology, it means it was not a conviction, it was a preference. So that means jail as well can change preference. A threat of death can test whether your preference, is it a preference or is it a conviction? Not many people, maybe if I give an example, I think I've given it in this church, where the robbers in a certain country were coming to rob a bank and somewhat there was a tip-off and their, their, their mission was derailed. Now, after the mission was derailed, they had guns in the car and they were on their way somewhere. As they drove past a certain building, then they saw a church. Then they decided, uh, since we couldn't succeed in our mission, let's get into the church. They got into the church and they held them hostage. They took the pastor. They took over the PA system. It was a 2,000-member church. And they announced in that church that anyone that believes that the Lord Jesus Christ is the Lord indeed, they must remain behind because we are going to kill them. But if anyone feels that is not the case, they are most welcome to go. We are told only 70 remained out of 2,000. 70 remained. Now, the robbers, after those have gone, they said to the pastor, Pastor, uh, let the service begin. Hypocrites have gone home. Uh, Are you still with me? So you can see that you can have a bigger number of people and you are under the illusion that people are under conviction. Meanwhile, people are under preference. But when, 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 where the rubber hits the road is where you begin, when, you are, or when pressure is applied, that's when people will show their colors. Are you still with me? Now, a conviction is a belief that will not change. And I believe that this evening we would know that God does not prefer a preference, he prefers a conviction. Now, let me just break down again the anatomy of conviction, the characteristics of conviction. Conviction in the heart of a man of God will do things to him that causes him to be a clear voice to all those who oppose the works and ways of God. Now, already you get a sense that a conviction makes you to be convinced. And when you are convinced, then you become consent. Are you still with me? Now, a conviction gives a man or a woman boldness. You can't be wishy-washy on your conviction. It helps him have the power to say no to the mob. A conviction allows a man to stand alone from the crowd and say, this is the conviction that I have. This is the belief that I have. If if I am prepared even to die for it, are you still with me? It gives him the energy to climb uphill against the odds. It will cause a disregard for the enemies of your beliefs. It will force a man to defeat his own discouragement within so he can build up without. It will cause you to have pity on those poor souls who never even taste what conviction will do for them. And my question this evening, are there things in your life that you are prepared to die for? 
And a lot of times, things that you're prepared to die for, if you search them, they are linked to your conviction. It's like robbers getting into the house, and they break, and maybe they hold you hostage with guns, and they do whatever they do, maybe they take whatever, and ultimately maybe they grab one, child, one of your children. All of along, you were docile, you were cooperating with them. But the moment they, they pull your child, then you turn around and say, listen, gentlemen, I think you have to deal with me before you go there. Why? It's because your protection of your family is your conviction. You saw the barrel of a gun. You are afraid of the barrel of a gun. But you are only afraid of it as long as it was not getting into the zone of your conviction. As soon as it gets into the zone of your conviction, then you turn around and say, you rather deal with me before you get there. Are you still with me? I'm just giving this as analogies. You'll understand what I'm talking about. Now, this message to others, it is a preference. They admire how we live. They admire how we run families. They admire our churches. They admire how we live. They admire how we do things. And as a result, they can come closer and say, we want to be like you. However, once they are here, there's coming a time where every man and every woman must be tested on what they believe. Folks, God, God can differentiate between a lip service and a sacrificial life. A lip service can take you up to a point. And in the message around the globe, the reason we see things that we are saying is because there is beginning to be a separation between the people that are prisoners of convictions and the people that are prisoners of preferences. A conviction is something that made Daniel to live for 68 years in Babylon. And while pressure was mounted on him, he never compromised even one bit. And I guess there are people in the building that know what I'm talking about. Are you still with me? Now the prophet of God says in the message just once more, paragraph 73, he says, but when it comes right down to putting what you say, you believe into practice and willing to confess the wrong, they don't do it. Do you see today? When it comes to putting what you say, you believe into practice and willing to, conf- and willing to confess the wrong. They don't do it. Folks, let me, let me say, in the message community, we've got people that we deem liberals and we've got people that we deem legalistic. And I've preached in this church that liberal, being liberal is not the right way. And being legalistic is not the right way. There is a middle of the ground. Are you still with me? Maybe let me explain. A liberal person says, listen, let us talk about the goodness of the Lord, but let us not talk about his justice. Then the legalistic will say, let us talk about the wrath of God. Let us not talk about the love of God. Now, the problem is that, and that is why your prophet brought a book and he called it Conduct, Order, and Doctrine. So what does it mean? It means in a church, yes, a church has got to be orderly, but a church has got to have a doctrine. A church has got to have, Brother Brenham says, if you do not have a doctrine, you are not a church. 
He says a church must have a doctrine. And a doctrine is something that the church stands on. Are you still with me? That means the convictions of the people in that church are based on that doctrine. Now, a church that is the church that is good on conduct without doctrine, that church, they are what we call legalists. Are you still with me? They talk about long dresses, but they don't have the revelation behind it. To them, it is a bunch of laws. Now, a church that has got a doctrine without a conduct is liberal. And such a church, sometimes they become a victim of intellectualization. Are you still intellectualism? Are you, are you still with me? They speak about, they can, they can and I, I have observed many, as you travel around, I'm not sure where to put South Africa, but I've observed Congo, I've observed Zimbabwe, I've observed America, even in the message of the hour, I've observed certain things that it is possible, it, you can pick up an American believer sometimes. In America, as we are speaking right now, somebody was telling me in certain churches when they invite you to preach, they actually tell you that uh, out of not, we don't want to offend the people, don't mention Brother Branham. You can quote him, but don't mention his name. Folks, this will never happen in this church. Are you still? I say this will never happen in this church. Brother Branham will be quoted until the rapture. It is not a preference, it's a conviction. These quotations are not a preference, it is a conviction. If needs be, we are prepared to die for this quotation. William Brenham is not going to be subjected to dwarf where we make him a spiritual dwarf because of the end time preferences. He is the prophet of God. Are you still with me? Then you get to certain places where people will speak about the deeper things of God, the revelation of the seventh seed, the revelation of the Son of Man. They'll speak about the third pool. They'll speak about the pyramid. They'll speak about the third room. They will go deeper and deeper. But when you check your life, a man goes deeper doctrinally, but when you check him on conduct, he's got a a nyati. Can you say amen to that? How many know what I'm talking about? Are you still with me? They can outwit you when it comes to quotations. They know all the quotations. They don't need even to refer to the spoken way. They can tell you in 1962, paragraph so-and-so, the prophet of God said it like this, and when you compare it with this one, this is what it is. But after he, they, have, they have impressed you, with their skill of quotation, when you search in the life, you find that the life, there is no conduct. And there are churches that are superb on conduct. They are very top class on morality. But when you ask them and say, is the seals revealed? They, are, they don't know what you are talking about. To them, they have heard that we must wear long dresses. We must live clean. That's it. Brother Branham said, when you live like that, it's like being invited into a house and you only come into the kitchen. Brother Branham said, we are not invited only into the kitchen. We must get into the living room. And we must go past the living room. We must get into the bedroom. Because the whole house is our house. Are you still with me? I don't know whether am I bringing a balance here, folks. There's got to be a conduct, but there's got to be a doctrine. There's got to be a doctrine, but there's got to be a conduct. Did I just explain it very well? 
So when, when it comes, brethren, when, when, when we are like this, you know, when, when Brother Bram says, if you want to know a man, what he's made of, put him under pressure. Amen. Pressure, uh, sometimes if somebody says things to you when they are angry, and later they say, I'm very sorry because I was angry. Or I'm, I'm very sorry I was drunk. When you check, these are the things that they believed. Yes, but they were afraid to say them. Yes, but under a certain circumstance, they are able to say it. Yes, Although they withdraw it, but it does not change what they believe about you. I hope you are together. How many people were good to you as long as they were not angry? But as soon as uh, they became angry, they said things and they, I never thought you thought like this about me. They've always thought about you in that way. But they were afraid to tell you. But because of pressure now, they are able to tell you, although they withdraw it, but it does not change the fact that that's what they believe. In psychology, they call what they call frigid and sleep. Frigid and sleep is a concept in psychology where they say sometimes a sleep of a tongue is not a sleep of a tongue, it's a subconscious mind giving out the truth. Uh, bear with me, Zimbabwean brethren. I heard the president Mnangagwa was being interviewed and he said, uh, You see, I have brought a new commission. Now, this commission that I've put into place, now they have as well started a new corruption. And, and this corruption, I've supported it. He did not see that he, he moved from commission to corruption. In psychology, we call it a Freudian sleep. That is what he's talking about. His memory or his subconscious mind failed him. Can somebody, do, somebody understand what I'm talking about? It's not only limited to Zim, even South Africa, I can go on and on. Now it says, but when it comes, write it down to putting what you say you believe into practice and willing to confess the wrong, they don't do it. It just, it, it just isn't there. They don't have it. Well, that's real conviction. That's what we need. We have long felt that a long time ago, sapped it. Prayer and confession and conviction. We swapped it for emotion. A shaking or a jerking or a jumping up and down. That's the reason there is no holding tight. Because there is nothing there to hold them. Until you come upon the basis of God's weight, of godly sorrow, and ready to repent and make anything right, do what's right, ready to live right. I don't care what the people say or anything else. You live for you, for Jesus Christ, what you say. Then you take a church like that coming back. There is a possibility of it coming, but they are not willing to do it. Are you still with me? Now in the message, convince then concerned, well, my brother is bringing the quotation. In one minister was coming to preach in one service. As he was in the office, the deacons came to see him in the office and say, Pastor, 
we wanted to alert you that in the audience we've got the President of the United States of America. The pastor was the kind that shot off the hip. He was just blunt whenever he preached. Then they say, uh, today we are appealing to you, Pastor, in your sermon, just be measured, just be considerate because the President of America is in the audience. Then he said, brethren, no problem, thank you for giving me heads up. Then he came on the pulpit. When he came into the pulpit, before he preached, he said, I understand the President of the United States of America is in the building. I was told he's in the building. Mr. President, Mr. President I want to say this to you. Repent or perish. <laughs> if you don't repent, Mr. President, hell is waiting for you. And if you repent, heaven is waiting for you. He says, if this is what I'm, if this, if, if my sermon is all you have listened to, this is the most critical part. After the service, we are told the president approached him and said, in this nation, we need men of your backbone. Are you still with me? Uh, uh, come on, folks. If Cyril Ramaphosa was to sit here, you're not going to worry so much about what I'm saying. You're going to worry, sir, is the pastor saying the right things? Let me. Conviction. It doesn't care who's in the audience. Conviction, you say it before the governor. You say it before the pope. You say it before the president. You say it before your family. It doesn't matter because conviction is consistent. Are you still with me? Uh, during the time of apartheid here in South Africa, the brothers were coming. I'm going to give some of these illustrations so that I hope you get the message behind. The brothers were coming to uh, go into Brother Veliretif. They had a convention. They were coming from the neighbor side. Now, as they were approaching Brongoro Sprite, this was in the 80s during the state of the emergency. Then they came across a roadblock. And as they approached the roadblock, now during that time, if you did not have your ID document, you were arrested on the spot. Now, they did not have their ID documents and they were on their way to a conviction, conviction, a conve- convention. Amen. Now, then they pulled them over. Then they arrested them and loaded them into a truck. Then there was a, a brother. He had a long beard. Then he, he, he was very short in stature. Then he approaches the police and says, me, I'm a, school, I'm a student. This was not a student. It was an old man with a long beard. Now, the policeman said, no, no, no. You are a very old man with this beard. I'm saying, and I wonder what happened to the brother. All along, they were going to a convention. They are believers. They are singing songs. But the problem, there is no problem. As soon as the problem arose, a brother was able to tell a lie on his way to a convention in front of other brothers until the police said, brother, you are lying. And they loaded him into the van. Uh, you, You see... Do you believe that the brother had conviction about the message? No. The brother, brother preferred to go to a convention. The brother preferred to be with believers. But the brother was not convicted. Yeah. Amen. Amen. 
Ah, you're, you're, you're hearing me tonight. Brother Bram said, brethren, time is at hand. It pays the Christian not just to join the church or to depend upon some a maneuver, some sensation, or something on that way, but to be sure that you are right. This is not a, I, I don't know, I wish I had a voice this evening. This is not just a time to, join, to have some, some sensation. This is not a time to join some church. This is not a time just to be part of a certain fellowship. It is a time where you as an individual, you are convinced that this is right. Folks, listen to Paul. He says, in the way that you call heresy. That's how I've decided to serve the God of my fathers. The message of the hour is beginning to be declared to be a heresy. But I'm saying to the modern believers... I'm saying to the modern denominations, I'm saying to make believers, in the way that you call heresy, that is the way we have decided to serve the God of our fathers. Through the message of Malachi 4. I hope somebody can say amen to that. This message, how many in the building believe this message is enough? This message requires no addition. This message requires no improvement. This message, the way it is, it is a sin-killing gospel. It will clean everybody. It's an old-time religion. Satan will never come next to it. No wonder people are afraid of it. Are you still? Look, folks, we as ministers, we are, we are coming under pressure to be politically correct. To not preach certain things, you must not offend people in the pews. If you need more members, you just need to preach this very good, wonderful sermon. And people can come and be excited and go back to their sinful life. That's not going to happen. God will raise men. God will raise women of conviction. That will tell Satan. We said to you, no, 20 years ago. And even today, we say no to you. And if we remain tomorrow, we'll say no to you. If we are here 10 years down the line, we'll say no to you. 50 years down the line, we'll say no to you. We will never improve our faith. Come on, let us have How many are witnesses in the building? This gospel raised us. This gospel raised us. It will raise our children. It will raise their children. We will never dilute it. We will pass it in its pure form. I hope somebody can say amen to that. Amen. Convinced and concerned, paragraph 92, brother. Brother Bram says, if I could have the water in the office, not from the fridge. Amen. How many still say amen this evening? Amen. Folks, you are coming to Wednesday meetings. It's a reflection of conviction. And I need to salute you for that. It is not becoming easy. I always, every time I speak to pastors, I always, it is not from the fridge. There's one at the corner. Amen. Now, 
Most people don't believe in going to Wednesday meetings anymore. But I'm glad for you after a long period of work to make it to the house of the Lord. Without you, there is no church. Amen. You have to be applauded for that. Now, in the message, Convince and Concern, paragraph 92, Brother Ram says, you must be sure. You must be? Young people, you must be? Married people, you must be? As a preacher, I must be sure. He says, the Holy Spirit will bring forth a holy life. That is right. A Holy Spirit will bring forth Folks, God requires holy life. And if the desires in your heart, if you have to force yourself constantly, do you mind if we read it together? You will help me preach. You must be sure. The Holy Spirit will bring forth a holy life. That's right. right. And if the desires in your heart, if you have to force yourself constantly to try to impress and do what's right, and the world is still hungering in you, then there is something wrong. The Holy Spirit in you will not hunger for the world. The Holy Spirit in you will not hunger for the world. Repeat that. I hope that one it sinks in. Then it says, it will hunger for God. If it's hard for you to go to church, and press yourself to come when the church is open. There is something wrong with that spirit. It's trying to keep you away from God. The spirit of God will run you right straight to the church. Every time the door opens for fellowship. So you've got to be sure of this now. The time is at hand. Brother Bram said, when the Holy Spirit is in you, it will make you hunger for God. And when those doors open, you can't wait to get in and soak in in the presence of God. He says, if you've got to press yourself, then there is something wrong with your spirit. He said, it is a spirit trying to keep you away from the presence of God. Let us reject that spirit. I say, let us reject that spirit. We belong in the presence of God. David says, I will spend the rest of my days in the house of the Lord. How many agree with David? He says, I was glad when they say, let us go to the house of the Lord. It was not David that was there. It was the spirit in David that was there to go to the house of the Lord. Convince, then consent. 
paragraph 253, I'm still on that same message. Amen. It's still free. Oh, okay, no problem. We will do with what we have. Amen. We encourage preachers always to have a, a message a message on standby. Amen. Amen. Preachers to have a message on. Amen. Your sword must always be sharpened. There is a time when Brother Beckett was preaching in the midst, in the middle of the sermon. He couldn't carry on. I think it was fifteen minutes into the sermon. He then said, Brother, he turned to Brother Joseph Latola and said, Brother Joe, uh, do you mind to take over the service while the service is going on? I'm told that that was the most blessed service ever they ever had. Amen. Amen. So I hope if I don't finish my message one day, I say, Brother, get on. You say, Yes, you carry on. Amen. Amen. Just a tip for ministers, even if you were to be called at a short notice to preach, when you stand before the people, you don't say, uh, I wasn't sure that it was me, the pastor just called me now, I'll see what God has. Immediately you make people to believe that ah, there is nothing today. <laughs> Did you hear? Amen. Amen. You may not have notes, but you will pull notes from your heart. Amen. That was just of the calf encouragement to the ministers. Brother Ram says, the same message that I preach at the beginning, I still have the same thing. Amen. Brother, do you hear the quotation? Yeah. Here's my question. The same message that you believed in the beginning, is it still the same thing you have tonight? Yeah. Ah, Lighthouse, I've got a question for you. The same message that brought you into church. The same message that put you on fire. You couldn't keep quiet about God. Come on, how many remember the time? I remember the first time when I got the message. Goodness, my friends, really, during break, they really heard about me. And during that time, somewhat the same week where I was baptized, then the earthquake struck Los Angeles. You should have seen me go into church with those pamphlets. I say, we are about to go. During break, we couldn't eat. I told them that William Brenham was a true man of God. Here are the seven visions from the man of God. But tonight, here's my question. The same message that you preached, you believed at the beginning. Do you still have the same message? Do you still stand by the same message? Brother Roman said, the same message that I preached at the beginning, I still have the same thing. I still stand the same. It's God. I am thoroughly convinced that this is the Holy Ghost way. Brother Lucky, we need that quotation. Amen. I'm thoroughly convinced. We are still on that one. We just need you to go down. He says, it's God, friend. I am thoroughly convinced that this Holy Ghost way 
is God. <laughs> now, that is the truth. I believe it with all my heart now. This was the spirit of Caleb saying it. 40 years, I believe it. 40 years later, I still believe it. God, give us those believers. God, give us those believers. That say 40 years ago, I believed it this way. In 2020, the world is civilized. The world is modernized. People are modernized. But I still believe it in the same way. You can't improve God. You can't improve his weight. You can't improve this message. You have to be convinced. If you don't, then you are not concerned. There are people, even in this church, there are people that are spiritually sensitive. They are observant of anything that happens in the spirit realm. They can, because Brahman says once you are convinced then you become concerned of your brethren. Amen. The reason I've been laboring on Wednesday meetings, am I not concerned? Uh, are you still with me? Amen. Convincing, uh, once you are convinced then you become concerned about a brother next to you. Where is brother so-and-so? Let me check up on him or her. How many in this church where you fell down and somebody, a believer, called you from somewhere and or send you a text and say, today I remembered you in prayer. How many has it ever happened? If you don't have such friends, change your friends. Amen. I I get it. There are times where you find that I'm dealing with a tornado and all of a sudden a brother just phones and says, Pastor, I just wanted to check. I remember one brother said, a lot of times you ask us how are we, we never ask you how are you. I'm giving you a call to ask you, how are you? And at that moment, that's exactly what I wanted. And I believe that it was not because the brother wanted to impress me. It's because he's convinced. Then he became concerned. Are you still with me? Brother Brum says, now that is the truth. That is the same message, brother. I believe it with all my heart now. You have to be convinced, and if, if you don't, then you are not concerned. Now, if I wasn't concerned or convinced that the Holy Ghost was... If I wasn't concerned or convinced that the Holy Ghost way was right, I would still be in a Baptist church. Amen. Do you see it? Because there are a fine bunch of brethren over in that Baptist church. Yes, sir. Them missionary brethren are fine brethren. Some of them. But I love them yet. I love them yet. I have to be here because I'm convinced that this is the Holy Ghost way. If I was not convinced, 
I will still be back in my old church. Now, in the message, Beth Paints, this was a prophecy that was given through a French interpreter. It is in paragraph 1-4, this boy spoke in tongues, and there was a French man there that could interpret it. This young man did not know French at all, but the interpreter caught it and he interpreted it. He, he was the UN interpretation. The, the, this was a prophecy over the life of Brother Brenham. Then it says, because thou hast chosen the narrow path, the harder way. This is the harder way. This is the harder way. Because it's a battle. When you do something right for God, Satan is going to wage war against you. But you, because you have chosen the narrow path, the harder way, thou has walked of your own choosing. They didn't choose for you. Thou, thou hast picked the correct and precise decision. And it is my way. Because of this momentous decision, a huge portion of heaven awaits thee. What a glorious decision thou hast made. This in itself is that which will give and will make come to pass the tremendous victory in love divine. How many have chosen that way? Now, jump into the message, the token, paragraph 136, as I'm wrapping up with these two quotations. Brother Brum says, I don't care. You might have cast out devils. You might have healed the sick by your prayer of faith. You might have done all these things. But if that token is not there, you are under the wrath of God. You might be a believer. You might stand in the pulpit and preach the gospel. Many will come to me in that day and say, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, preached in your name? Have we not cast out devils in your name? That's both Methodist, Baptist, and Pentecostal. Jesus said, depart from me. You that work iniquity, I never even knew you. But when I see the token, I will pass over you. It's God's requirement of the hour. It's God's requirement of the hour. The evening time message is to apply the token. Are you still with me? Satan has thrown all kinds of counterfeits of shaking hands and evidences and everything like that. Forget it. The hour has arrived that the token itself, not some counterfeit, make-believe, substitutionary, anything. What is the requirement? The message of the hour. Same message, brother. Paragraph 274. Then I'll wrap up with my favorite quotation in what is the attraction on the mountain after this one in paragraph 274. Brother Brum says, he only recognizes the token. Do we agree? He only recognizes? (laughs) Brethren, if God wanted a motivational speaker, he would have never sent William Brennan. Are you still with me? 
William Brenham was sent for a reason. He only recognizes the token. What is the token? There is the answer. That's the message of then what it means? It means that without the message of the hour, you don't have? Because the token is? Now, what, what is it that we are beginning to see in the message of the hour where people want to bring this message on par with certain religions? You can be a convicted Muslim, but with your sincerity, you will never make it. Brother Bram said, God in every age has got his own provided way. And he says, God's provided way is that for the egg, it must come under a certain atmosphere for that egg to be hatched. And what is the atmosphere that will make the egg of an eagle to be hatched? It is the message of the hour. Okay, I say, I'm, I'm a firm believer. I can listen to all Joel Uston, great speaker, but I can never change the fact his message does not have the message, does not have the rapture in faith. TDJ's message does not have a rapture in faith. Credo Dollar's message does not have a rapture in faith. You can name Billy Graham's message does not have a rapture in faith. Oral Roberts' message does not have a rapture in faith. In this generation, there is only one place where there is a rapture in faith, and that's under the message of the hour. Uh, folks, I'm not going to make it sound better in any way. The only way in the end time is the message of the hour. Amen. This message actually outside the message of the hour, there is no true baptism of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Brother Brown said the evidence of the true baptism of the Holy Ghost is when you leave the weight of your age. I'll repeat, that's the evidence because you can't live it unless it's God in you living that. Amen. And Satan, Satan, he has now realized that some of us, we are not going to let go of the message. Amen. He realized that we have bent the bridges and we are in the message to stay. Then he realized that there is nothing outside the message to mislead us. Now he's beginning to raise things in the message. Amen. He's beginning to raise men that speak and preach and quote Brother Brenham. But they don't have that spirit of Elijah in them. But I'm glad the eaglet shall never be deceived. Just recently, the family of Brother Brenham, his sons, had to send a publication to deny certain things that were said by a senior minister who claimed that he is a successor of William Brennan. And I'm glad Brother Billy Paul sent it out and said, that's a lie from hell. Yes, yes he's got uh, many followers in the message. Yes, he's got spoken word in the message. But uh, I'm glad Billy Paul is an eyewitness. Amen. To lie, to a certain extent that he says, I was there, the angel of the Lord said to Billy Paul that I am the one. Then the man, Billy Paul says, that angel, this is an honest son of the prophet. He said, the last time I saw that angel, it was when Brother Brenham woke me up. He said, I know I can feel his presence, but that's the last time I saw him. So what that man is saying is a lie. And I'm saying God is raising me. And he kept Billy Paul for a reason. 
Are you still with me here? We are not going to sway it in any way. These two spirits will be too close. If it were possible, it will deceive the very elect. But I've got breaking news for Satan. There are men that shall never be deceived. There are men that will never follow the crowd. There are men that have got conviction. To them the message, it is a final voice. By a final messenger. Through the church of the living God in the end time. And here we are. And in this church, any man that elbows Brother Branham out of the picture, he's not our friend. I say he's not our friend. I don't care whether he has been in the message for six years, it means nothing to me. Satan has been in heaven for eternity. Being in the message for long does not mean anything. Every day I will check you on what the prophet messenger said. And if you fail on that, I'll tell you it's a lie. Conviction doesn't make you buy people's faces. And doesn't make you gossip. I called a a certain pastor. We were on a certain forum. And we were speaking about something that was happening in the message. And I asked a pastor who was involved in the matter say, brethren, here's what I see in the newspaper. Is it true of what I'm reading in the newspaper? It's It's something that is in public domain where a pastor was found to be keeping almost close to 100 million rents worth of cash in his house. Then I was asking the pastor, I said, Pastor, it is a forum where ministers are. I said, Pastor, I'm reading here in the newspaper, is it true? One South African pastor just popped in and said, I don't care what the devil says, we stand with our brother. I said, Brother, we have not even had the man to clarify himself. You already think you stand with your brother. Now, we are on a forum. Then he comes secretly to me. He sends more evidence of what I'm querying about. Then I say, man of God, me, I'm not a gossiper. There, you are pretending to be a very spiritual man. But secretly, you want us to gossip about the man that can clarify. Don't contact me. Let's go and ask where everybody can see what you are asking. I don't like hypocrisy. That's conviction. You must be able to ask a man and say, brother, this is wrong. What you are doing is wrong. You don't go to another brother and say, what that brother is doing is wrong. You go to him and say, brother, it's wrong. But because people don't have conviction, they have got makeup and impression. Say, praise God, I'm praying for you, my brother, while you're gossiping about him. I'd rather have a man that come and ask me directly than a man that goes behind my back. And we've got such a shallow people with such a jellyfish backbone that can never confront issues. But in closing, the power of conviction. What am I saying? No matter what, this message, it is all what we have. We will never turn our back on the messenger. We will never turn our back on this message. 
the way he presented it, the way it is, we will keep it that way. If it reduces our number, let it be so. Because while we are getting to the honing of the pyramid, and the pyramid towards the end, it becomes, the number becomes fewer. At the bottom is many, but when you get to the top, it's only few that get to the top. Don't be afraid when the number gets reduced. The only thing that we must check, we must never reduce our faith in the message. God bless you richly. God bless you. have been a good audience. One can preach even when he's very sick. Amen. As we stand to our feet. And my question this evening, how many of us are trying to impress people with our souls? We don't want to offend them. We rather sacrifice our souls than to offend the people. It is a reflection of lack of conviction. Stambayana, just give us a worshiping song as we wrap up in prayer. Brother Grace, you'll come and wrap up in prayer for us. Amen.
brother Grace as he comes. Much that we cannot even count. 
return, Lord, we want to give you our lives. And we want to live for you, Father, Lord, out of conviction. Thank you, Lord, for such a message, the power of conviction, Lord. You come and minister to our heart, O oh God, even when we leave this place, going to our respective places. God, come and be with us, O oh Lord Jesus. Forgive us where we failed you, Father. But I know you said you never leave or forsake us. You never fade us, O oh Lord. We always fall every now and then. Exactly. But where can we go, Lord Jesus? There's no other place. This is the only place, O oh God, of refuge where we come, just as we are, Lord. Believing that we're not going to leave the place as we came in. Because you, the one who delivered us, O oh Father, you change our lives. Father, Lord, thank you for this message. Thank you, Lord Jesus. As the prophet says, this is the token, O oh Lord. There's no other way, Lord Jesus, to live, O oh God, this message. We didn't come, oh Lord Jesus, to the message by our intelligence. You called each and every one of us, oh Lord, on your own way. And we've gathered, oh Father, Lord, forming a family. We just thank you for Brother Branham, Lord. As the pastor said, there's no way that we'll ever put him aside. We take the messenger and we take the message. Yes, Lord. And Brother Branham says the messenger and the message is one person. Exactly. God Almighty, we thank you. Thank you, Jesus, for it. it it's, it's really grace, Lord, that we've been called message believers. Oh, yes. Father, we want to be called like that, oh, Father, and having that, being convinced, oh, Father, in our hearts that this is the only truth that could be. Oh, God, we thank you, even for our pastor. Yes. Praying that you keep him as well, standing, oh, Lord, for this oh. message and repeating the tapes as it was. Let it be so fun. Thank you, Jesus. You come, O oh Father Lord, and fill our heart with your Holy Spirit, O oh God. Because there's no the true baptism of the Holy Ghost outside the message. Oh God, this is why we've come so thirsty, Lord, and hungry for your Spirit, O oh God. Fill our hearts, O oh God. Fill our hearts with your Spirit. Teach us how to pray, Lord. Sometimes we repeat in words, not even knowing what mm. to say. Just come, Lord, you the Holy Spirit, and teach us how to pray in order, Lord, to please you, God. Forgive us, Lord, for having done things that we did, O oh Lord, outside your will, O oh God. Sometimes we're doing things thinking, O oh Lord, that we're saving you, yet it's even out and far away from your will. Bring us closer, Lord, and closer to you. Oh, God, there's no other way. There's no Thank happiness outside this message. Exactly. Come and strengthen us, O oh Lord. Revive the love, O oh God, that was, oh, Father, because you changed not. Help us, Lord, to love each other, Lord, to pray for each other, praying for our brethren, O oh God. The way is still too long, O oh Father, we know. We left Egypt, oh Father, but we haven't gone into the rapture not yet, Lord. We're still here where we're facing challenges. Mm. Even after church, the devil is out there standing waiting for us, oh Lord. But we've come to church and we're more than conquerors. Victory starts here, Lord. When we go out, we've been recharged. 
thank you, Jesus, for all the opportunities. Thank you, Father. Come and strengthen us, O oh God. And forgive us once more. Forgive us, Lord, for, for saying things, O oh Lord, that are useless to be said. Help us to repeat and say, talk about you, Lord. Whenever we want to talk, let's talk about you, Let Father. Let's be so, Father. Talking about Jesus, O oh Lord. Staying closer and closer to you, God, until you come and take us home. We pray, Father Lord, for each and every one, O oh God, who made it, O oh Father, to come to the service. I believe everyone has received according to their needs and expectations, O oh Father. Till we meet again on Sunday, Lord, we pray that you be with us. Grant us a traveling mercy, O oh Father, until we meet again, O oh God. We commit everything unto your capable land, believing that it is granted. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. God bless you richly till we see you on Sunday. Thank you for supporting midweek services. Amen. It's much appreciated. It's much encouraging. It makes me as a pastor to be happy. Brother Bram said when the pastor is happy and the church is happy, God is happy. It's a quotation. Amen. Let's just give us a song, Brother Mutau. Amen.